How's it going? Good. How are you? Very well, thank you. So you remember um, a few weeks back, uh, you, you were talking about this way of kind of getting data about customers who were shopping in retail environments. Yes. So I have something that one ups that. It's a thing that I read it about was in Adobe. Yes, the Adobe, Adobe Experience thing. Manager. That's right. Ah! So this is something that I read about in uh, Fortune, um, and it's a thing called Seven Rooms. So you know how there are services like OpenTable that let you do online reservations for restaurants, right? Right, right. So it's kind of like that, except that um, it brings together data about the diner based on their past behavior with the system, and also publicly available data about the person. So when you make your little uh, booking, it basically has all this information about you, including you know your past behavior at that particular restaurant, and if it's a chain restaurant, you know it knows that you like your martinis dry or whatever based on the fact that when you were in Vancouver, you had dry oh, man. So if you were a bad martini. tipper once, <laughs> it follows you. Yeah. Potentially, I suppose. Yeah. And the other interesting thing about this is that they used to do um, in order to fill out your profile, they used to just pull publicly available information from social media sites. Yeah in order to figure out things like what you did for a living and where you lived and stuff like that. Um, but once uh, services like LinkedIn and Facebook kind of tightened up on that, now they're basically adding manual information by their staff. So that made me question like, well, I wonder how scalable that is if it starts being millions and millions of people using this. But anyway, that's what they're doing for now. So my initial yeah. reaction was creep Ola. Yes. But then I, there was part of me that also felt like, I don't know if this is a phenomenon where other people are living, but in Toronto, a lot of interesting downtown restaurants don't take reservations at all, or they only take part of the restaurant in reservations. You want to get in on your cachet. <laughs> all She's the glamour and cachet of being a Canadian public medium. <laughs> personality. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, they don't take reservations because people are assholes, basically. They, they don't turn up for their reservations or whatever, right? So in yeah. one sense, I feel like... I don't like, get out anymore, so I don't know <laughs> if that's so. <laughs> they weren't doing that back in the 90s? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of um, potential downsides to this, of course, which is that, you know, if you're seen as being a valuable customer like a person who tips well or buys expensive bottles of wine or whatever, you know, presumably that means you're going to get preferential service over somebody that doesn't engage with the system or that they don't know or whatever. But you can see this as an implication of the reputation economy every bit as much as, you know, your profile on Airbnb determines, you know, whether your requests for um, residents are approved on Airbnb and things like that. But like, okay, let's suppose it's a club. And mm -hmm. then I wonder what happens if you go to the front of the, the line and you see the bouncer. Because, you know, before, if you're a girl, a young girl with big bouncers, you just... <laughs> <it's not laughs> <laughs> the whole three of you bounce up together. <laughs> and then you automatically get in. Mm. But now I wonder if you go... And they scan it and they go, oh, and they say, she's tips bouncer. And you get... Or VIP or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Instantly you get in if it gets you all sorts of preferential treatment. Yeah. I imagine but it does, right? And that's... That's, that's not the, fair. What about the, the people downside. who can't afford that? And 300 I know I saw the $300 bottle of wine thing too. And yeah. I thought, oh, how unfair is that? 
What about like me? Like, hi, I'm pleasant. I'll have a blue and a garden salad. Does this come with pretzels? Yeah. <laughs> that would be me too. When I saw that in combination with the piece that you did about um, using that in the retail environment, I thought you can really see this as the future. And it run, reminded me of that novel, Super Sad True Love Story by Gary Steingart, where people have these like, displays that <laughs> indicate all this stuff about you know like how much money they have what their credit score is what their education level is and stuff and it's just constantly displayed for people and we're not actually that far away from that world wah, that wah. Makes, i know that makes me sad like i'm starting to think i'd like to date again but now the only things that people want to see flash across your lad forehead screen <laughs> right. are money really well i don't know it sort of sounds like a $300 bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah. You know, like judging by what's going to get you a good score on the seven rooms. Yeah, well, you can see what their clientele is sort of targeted at. Obviously, it's people with a, a ton of money. But Yeah, although it would be interesting to see it go top to bottom. Mm -hmm. So if you do get great ratings wherever you go, if you are a decent tipper, if you're really friendly, if you're patient, mm -hmm. and the people who work there take the time to note that down, you may get preferential treatment in the future. Mm -hmm. And you, the other thing I thought that was quite interesting about this is you could see why companies would want this, not only like if you're a chain restaurant and you can kind of like greet Kathy Bond with the right type of martini or whatever, but also that they're promising anyway these kind of data analytics, right? Like, and I'm always a little bit suspicious of how accurate those things are, but they, I, they use an example of like, if you're a person who drinks this kind of thing and you do this and you do this, it's more likely that you're going to convert to a regular customer, which I guess is what businesses want. I will say one thing that would make me go back to a place over and over and over again is my thing is craft beer. Right. And if I went to different places that sold beers mm -hmm. and if they had that and they were able to say oh uh hey kath you might like this you know i see you like cream ale yeah oh okay yeah and yeah. on here here's a little bit on the house yeah all right give me 10 more line them up charlie <laughs> except to your point that's what people who were really good at what they did used to do they would remember the clientele and they would like do that thing this is a regular i'm going to give them a free beer or whatever anyway yes but anyway. Sign of the times. Yes, another sign of the times. So you have, this is crazy, this thing that you have. Because there is this company, and it's actually right now, it's just in, I believe it's Santa Monica, but it's in L.A., and it's called Zoom, and it's a robotic workforce for pizzerias. Mm -hmm. So what it's like on the inside is you go in and you see the robot's name is Mario. <laughs> Mario goes, spit! And down goes the perfectly measured out platter of dough, and then whoosh, goes the, the tomato sauce, and then Mario scooshes it down to Carmelita. <laughs> shoots off. Who's on. also a robot. Yeah, who's yeah. also a robot, and then puts on some, smooshes it around to make sure that it's all just so. And then an actual human being puts all the stuff on it, mm -hmm. and then it goes right on down to another robot that is right beside which is sort of like an oven a pre-baked oven that 
takes the pizzas, so it's almost done, and then they all get slid into this truck. Right. And it's filled with something called um, baked-on-the-way technology. Mm -hmm. So it's this giant oven. that In the vehicle. In the vehicle, in yeah. the back of the vehicle, and it's got 56 different little ovens in it. And they're all lined up, and it delivers the pizzas like four minutes before it's to arrive at your house. It turns on the oven, and it finishes the baking. Ding dong! And within 20 minutes, mm -hmm. 22 minutes actually, you have this perfect pizza. And it's supposed to taste way better, because I'd, I'd never heard the term before, but in the pizza business, it's called dwelling time. Mm -hmm. And you know when you see the guys arrive with those... It's soggy if it yeah, sits there. Yeah, it's been dwelling too long. <laughs> I never thought of it. <laughs> kind of like me. <laughs> yeah. It's been dwelling in the bag. <laughs> but yeah, it was really kind of cool, and the pizzas look good. You can see why pizzas are the perfect use case for that kind of thing because I think the problem that they're trying to address is that if you're putting a box of pizza in a, you know, one of those containers, yeah. seal bags to keep it warm, you know, it might even kind of steam a little bit, right? Like it wouldn't be they the best do. for having that fresh, crispy pizza. So I did, I did understand it. You want one, Doug. You want to have, <laughs> if I have a personal one like that. I did think a couple of things about it in the sense that, A, it's a really good example of how cheap automation is getting, right? Like if you can think about the idea, well, I don't know how much the pizzas cost, but even the idea that that could be a viable business yeah. is really pretty it's, interesting and a bit scary. They're but, like $25,000 to get the robot thingy going. Yeah, and if you were using it constantly, right? You could imagine that um, actually being viable as a business model, <laughs> especially how much control, pizza costs though? in Toronto now. Um, but I, then I also, there's part of me like, and I do get it, right? It's, pizza is a perfect thing to order in because you need a really hot pizza oven and stuff like that, right? Except that this whole trend towards people not being able to like do anything for themselves, it's like Wally, -E, right? Like, I know, well, I'm feed me. <laughs> it's, there's something infantilizing about it, right? It's not even that, it's the whole like Uber Eats and all of that kind of stuff. That's like, what's happened to me uh, in the last year. If you looked in my freezer now, you'd see Kathy's answer to Zoom. And it's Dr. Utger. <laughs> Frozen pizzas. <laughs> yeah, they're good too. Mm -hmm. At least you can eat them directly. You don't have to get them soggy yeah, from the delivery vehicle. Zoom, <laughs> zoom experience. Mm. But yeah, no, you're right though. It's That's my next thing is to learn how to cook simple yet <clears throat> elegant dishes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so we'll see what it does. But they're saying that it's going to kill the small mom and pop. Well, if they're able to do 56 pizzas at the same time. Okay. I Check out the it. links on your yeah. phone or at the website, thesnipper.net. Yes. And would you go to Zoom? And what do you think of seven rooms? Mm. Bye. Bye.